Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, I am answering your questions. It's a mailbag edition of Locked On Steelers. I reached out on Saturday, asked you guys for questions on Twitter and Facebook. Got a great response. We got a ton to go over today. A lot of questions about the Steelers in the draft. Who are they going to take in what round, especially the first round and inside linebacker. And a lot of you are worried right now about where the Steelers go from here at inside linebacker, having lost LJ Ford, having not addressed the position in free agency. We're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit the like button on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find me on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. Hey, before we get started, just want to let you guys know I recorded this just before the Steelers made the signing of free agent Mark Barron, the inside linebacker slash safety slash hybrid player from the LA Rams. It's an interesting signing, a big contract, two years, $12 million, $6 million a year. Now we'll see how they structured the contract. I have to imagine this is basically a one-year deal, right? They can get out of it after one year if they need to. Uh, And so in that way, it's probably a good signing for them. This certainly provides them the backstop at inside linebacker they needed, the replacement for LJ Fort that they needed. Uh, I talk a lot on this podcast today about the inside linebacker position. I don't think this changes a whole lot there. I still think the Steelers are going to target an inside linebacker at pick 20. I think they're still going to want one of the Devons if they're there. Uh, And I think they still could move up to get one of those guys, especially considering what happened to them last year when there were four good inside linebackers in round one. They missed out on all four. Uh, So we'll talk about Mark Barron later in the week. There's also been, I've also heard this from Mark Caboli on Twitter tonight. He was saying he thinks that Mark Barron could be the the Morgan Burnett replacement. Now that's an interesting one. Could you play Mark Barron and Devin Bush on the field at the same time in a dime look? That's an interesting thing. We'll talk about that later in the week as I do that tape breakdown, but let's get started on the mailbag. All right, I asked you guys on Saturday to write in with your questions, and I got a great response. We have a ton of questions to go over today. If I didn't get to yours, I apologize. Maybe we'll do another one this week. As these questions continue trickling in, we might do a second one this week, later in the week. But let's get started here. Greg on Twitter writes in, if we keep all 10 picks, for which positions do they use more than one pick? I think wide receiver is the first one that stands out to me, just because of how deep the class is. And I think the Steelers are likely to use one early. I think the first pick, you know, the pick 20 or pick 52 could very easily be a wide receiver. And then I think they could go back to the well in the fourth or fifth round. Um, and so I think wide receiver stands out there. Now, the Dante Moncrief signing gets rid of the need, but that does never stop the Steelers from taking players, especially at wide receiver where they've done such a great job of it, at evaluating that position in a draft where it's deep like this. I think wide receiver is the one that stands out the most. Uh, corner is another one where you could see them taking multiple. Now, corner's not very deep this year, but the Steelers have a need there for sure. They don't have a lot of depth. You know, the problem for the Steelers right now is, yes, they got Steven Nelson, so they found their starter. It's no longer a dire need at the position. But we talk about Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson on the outside, Mike Hilton on the inside. But behind them, Artie Burns, Brian Allen, Cam Sutton. I mean, you've got some failed experiments, essentially, at the, at the cornerback spot there. Cam Sutton being the best of that bunch, and he's probably better in the nickel right now. Um, and maybe he can play some dime as well. He did last year. I just think the Steelers need to add to that position. And, you know, I think a veteran is probably better uh, better at the corner spot right now. I'd love to see the Steelers bring back Cody Sensabaugh. Um, you know, he'd be a cheap 
veteran guy, kind of a backstop at the position like he was a year ago. Um, but I think corner is another spot where they may go. They may go twice. But wide receiver is the one that stands out the most to me. Jason on Twitter writes in, with the need for inside linebacker, do you trade way up for White or wait and maybe trade up a few for Bush? Team needs also probably dictate you can't give up your second or third rounders anyway. I think that they can give up one of their third rounders. I think that's one of the biggest parts of that Raiders deal is it does set them up in a in a way where they can trade up in the draft if they need to to get a, Dev, a falling Devin White or a Devin Bush, uh, who I think, I think those are two players that the Steelers are absolutely going to want to take at 20, but 20 may be, you know, they, they, those guys may not be there at 20. So uh, I think the Steelers are, are preparing themselves to move up. Now, as far as moving all the way up for Devin White, I expect Devin White's going to be a top 10 pick. When you look at the way this is shaking out with the needs that the Bengals have at inside linebacker, with the need now that the Bucks have at inside linebacker with Quan Alexander uh, signing with the Niners, I think Devin White's going to very likely go as a top 10 player. And then that means, you know, the Steelers are going to be waiting around for 12, 13 picks, whatever it's going to be for Devin Bush. It's going to make, it's going to make for a very nervous uh, Thursday night on day one of the draft. I think the Steelers will likely use that third rounder, try to move up in the draft. I think they learned their lesson from a year ago, right? They didn't get Rashawn Evans. They didn't get Leighton Van Der Esch. They didn't get any of the, the inside linebackers because, you know, I think they, did they wait too long to trade up? They, they just couldn't make that trade. You know, they knew last year they needed to address this position. They were not able to, and they paid for that. And I don't think they want to have that same thing happen again. Tiago on Twitter. This year's draft will be used to add more depth in the roster, and maybe we can expect a big signing next year with more cap from Antonio Brown. Maybe, but I, I would say this. Right? Okay, well, let's first talk about the salary cap for, uh, for 2020, because you're absolutely right. This year, the Steelers are eating a bunch of cap with AB, $21 million against the cap. For 2019. 2020, however, he counts zero. So he comes completely off the cap. And that is going to mean that the Steelers are going to have a bunch of cap space again next year. In fact, according to overthecap.com, the Steelers right now have $76 million in available cap space. Now that number is going to come way, way down, right? There's a lot of things that have to happen between now and then. Ben Roethlisberger's extension is going to kick in, right? We haven't, we haven't had that happen yet. So that'll add another 20 plus million dollars uh, to the cap. You'll have, what else are you going to have happen? Juju's extension is going to happen at some point. James Conner's extension is going to happen at some point. Joe Hayden is in the last year of his deal. I think Vance McDonald, no, Vance McDonald has one more year on that deal. Uh, but there, there's a bunch more that has to happen between now and then before we get to 2020. That $76 million will certainly come down to a more manageable number. Now, it's still going to be a lot. I mean, it's still going to be more than the Steelers have ever had. But the thing I would come back to is, Look back at look back at what the, the contracts that were given out last week. Which of those contracts are you disappointed that the Steelers didn't give out? Are you disappointed that the Steelers didn't give C.J. Mosley $17 million? Are you disappointed that the Steelers didn't give Quan Alexander 12? Are you disappointed they didn't give Jordan Hicks 9 or 10, whatever he's making? I'm not. Because I think all of those teams overpaid. And, and I, I know I said, look, you're going to have to overpay to get this guy. But these are these are massive massive overpays. Uh, we were talking about potentially paying CJ Mosley 10, 11, 12 million dollars and and that would be overpaying for him. He makes 17. And the contracts that were given out were absurd. Tyron Matthew, I look Tyron Matthew's deal is fine for the Chiefs, I guess, but they overpaid for Tyron Matthew. I like Tyron Matthew as a player. But what's he making now? 14 million dollars a year? Landon Collins, same thing. I, I, these are good players. You know, you know what a good podcast this week was The Ringer NFL show. Kevin Clark one of the hosts there told the story about a conversation he had 
with Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, where he talked about how to win a, you know, talked about the salary cap and how the salary cap works and how to win a Super Bowl based on the salary cap. And he said, look, when I look at the salary cap and I look at our players, I need a team worth uh, over $200 million on the salary cap, right? I need a, I need a team worth $200 plus million, even though the salary cap is right around, you know, 180, right? I need a team worth 200 plus million. And what he's say, saying there is, I need a team that's, that's, that all, at every position I have value there. I am not overpaying for any of my positions. And when you look at the, the contracts that were given out last week, what contracts were, were there were valuable? None. Everyone's overpaying. And so when you look at the relative value of, let's take C.J. Mosley, right? $17 million C.J. Mosley was paid last week. Take that to if the Steelers do take Devin Bush in the first round at 20. And now Devin Bush is going to make, you know, somewhere in the range of a couple million bucks, right? Let's say, let's, let's say it's 3 million bucks, right? That's, that's probably too much. But let's say it's 3 million versus 17 million. The relative value of Devin Bush versus C.J. Mosley is just insane. And if if Devin Bush ends up being even close to C.J. Mosley's value on the field, well, then the Steelers win, right? The Steelers win that every time um, from a value perspective. And they can use that and they can use the rest of that money for other players and continuing to grow in-house and, and retaining talent, that kind of thing. So um, I don't want to see the Steelers overspend. I don't want to see them go out there in free agency and overspend. As exciting as it is to have the cap space, when you look at the contracts that are given out, they just don't make sense. Andrew from Facebook writes in, we should trade all of our day three picks. Oh boy. Uh, we should trade all of our day three picks up for more capital early in the draft as we don't have time to develop players in win now mode. Change my mind. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess I can't change your mind because I kind of agree with that given that the positions that the Steelers need the most aren't the deepest positions other than wide receiver inside linebacker edge rusher corner these are not great drafts at, at any of those positions and so you can make an argument that you want more early picks to get those got to get those top guys but I don't know that day, day three picks are worth anything that's the problem right what is a sixth round pick worth what is a fifth round pick worth there's not worth a whole lot to move up um, and I think the Steelers in that way are just going to keep those picks and, and try to take flyers on certain guys. Plus, you know, you, you can get a running back late in the draft, and I think the Steelers will in this year's draft. And I think the wide receiver position is at a point where, you know, the, the, the receiver that the Steelers take in the sixth or seventh round could develop into somebody. The Steelers have a good track record there. But, no, you're right. I, you're right. I mean, this, this is a draft where the talent is all up front. The Steelers have big needs at certain positions, and so having more picks up front in this draft is better, obviously. Um, I just don't know that the day three picks are going to be enough to get them there. Harry on Facebook writes in, if the Steelers were to trade their first along with a second or third to move up in the first round, how high could they likely go? Um, okay. So I think if, if they traded their, let's say they traded the Raiders third, I think that's enough to get them up. I was looking at the draft value chart about this earlier. I think it's enough to get them up like five picks. So if they wanted to go from 20 to 15, they could just by trading the third round pick. Now, if you, if they... Trade the second, I think they could probably go up like seven to ten spots probably. But, you know, it, 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 a lot plays into this, right? Because we can talk about the draft value chart and, you know, what the chart says. But remember, when you're trading up in the draft, you have to find a trade partner. It's not just as easy as saying, hey, Buffalo, according to the chart, you know, here's a good trade. Let me go up to nine, right? It's about Buffalo saying, I am willing to come down to 20 as well, right? Because, you know, while the Steelers have all these plans to take Devin Bush and, and you know, or Devin White, and they, you know, they want their guy, right? The Bills may be coveting a guy at their spot, or, you know, whatever team we're talking about, may be coveting a guy at their spot that they don't feel like they can get if they move down. And so it's all about finding that partner and, 
you know, working out a deal with them. Uh, so, you know, trading up in the draft is a difficult, as, you know, as the Steelers found out a year ago, it, it can be difficult to find that right trade partner. And then he also says, do you think that would be enough to get the linebacker they need? I think 15 would probably be enough to get Devin Bush. And that's what I think is most likely at this point. I think the Steelers are likely to move up in that, you know, 13 to 15 range and try to get Devin Bush. I don't think they want to wait until 20 and watch him come off the board. Patrick on Facebook writes in, can we restructure Ben's contract and Bud to sign Justin Houston? Boy, there's been a lot of rumors about Justin Houston. Uh, I hope the Steelers do sign him. Christopher Carter and I were talking about this last week. I think Justin Houston's a better option than Bud. The Ben Ben restructure is happening at some point this offseason. I talked about this on Saturday's podcast. Um, It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And at this point, with his roster bonus already kicking in, there's no real timetable. Now, the Steelers have enough salary cap space to make another move if they wanted to. I think as of this point, according to the NFLPA, the Steelers have like 11 to $12 million left in cap space. So that's enough to sign Justin Houston. Well, it depends on what Justin Houston's looking for. Assuming that Justin Houston is looking for in the range of, let's say, $9 million, the same as Bud, um, they can make that move now and then just, you know, move some money around elsewhere, right? And they've done this in years past where they, they move guaranteed money out. Um, or they they move salary into guaranteed money and spread that money over the last couple of years of a deal and, and create salary cap space today. Uh, they've done that in the past. They could do that again. They could extend Joe Hayden, as I've been talking about, um, free up some cap space there as well. As far as restructuring Bud's contract, here's the problem. Bud's contract is fully guaranteed. So why, why would Bud restructure his contract to help the Steelers? You know, he's guaranteed to make $9 million this year. Now, let's say they... Let's say they say, hey, Bud, you know, why don't we spread that out over a couple years? Bud's going to come back and say, no, I want $9 million this year because you're likely going to cut me after this year. You know, so there's really no way you're going to restructure Bud's money to save money in 2019. Um, And so I I think, you know, Ben's contract is a way to save money. I don't think they need to save money to get Justin Houston. If they want Justin Houston, they can make that work. It's all about, you know, whether or not they're willing to pay that money for a guy who will essentially be their their third edge. You'll have, I think they still want to start T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. Uh, once they made Bud's contract guaranteed, they're in a place where they kind of have to play him. Then uh, he also, Patrick also writes in to say, I have seen a lot of draft predictions having us taking A.B.'s cousin. Why? A.B.'s cousin being Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. Uh, oh, the Steelers have a Anita wide receiver, and, and Hollywood Brown is one of the most dynamic wide receivers, arguably the most dynamic player, the most exciting playmaker of this draft, maybe up there with Debo Samuel, as far as highlight real plays. Um, he he and Debo Samuel are kind of in a league of their own of those kind of plays. You know, we talk about big name, big body guys like Akeem Butler and DK Metcalf, you know, and especially when we talk about DK Metcalf, the tape just isn't there as far as, you know, those spectacular plays. Whereas with Hollywood Brown, it is. The problem for Hollywood Brown is that DK Metcalf's 6'3 and gigantic and Hollywood Brown is like 5'8". You know, I mean, he's tiny. He's a tiny player. Uh, and as far as, you know, why are we taking A.B.'s cousin? Look, I don't think you can hold what A.B. did against Hollywood, right? I, I think it I think it certainly is going to enter into the Steelers' mind. If they were ever going to take him, they would certainly think about it before they did that. But I don't think they would actually, I don't think they would hold that against him and not take him. I, I just think he doesn't, I think he doesn't fit what the Steelers really look for in that spot because he's so, he's so small. I think he's like 100. I think he weighed in. At the combat at like 160. I mean, the guy is tiny. Too tiny for me. I can't, I couldn't take a chance on a guy like that. Even as explosive and as dynamic as he looks on the field. Tyler on Twitter. If we stay at 20 and both the Devons are gone. Ooh, the darkest timeline. 
What positions do you target next? Uh, well, first of all, if that happens, the Steelers are in a real bad spot because you know they've they've done everything they can to fill the corner and wide receiver spots via free agency. There's no one left in 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 free agency to get at inside linebacker that you'd really say, okay, yeah, the Steelers are fine now. You know, if they had to go with these guys um, because they lost LJ Fort, so they need an inside linebacker. First of all, if they if okay if they, if they don't get an inside linebacker at twenty. Or if if Devin White and Devin Bush are gone, Mac Wilson's the only other guy. And I'm I'm not a guy who dislikes Mac Wilson. I've been I'm still on the Mac Wilson hype train. I never left. I understand that Devin White and Devin Bush have have gone up the draft boards and and Mac Wilson has gone down it. But um, I still believe Mac Wilson could be a very successful three down inside linebacker in this league. The question is, can you wait until the second round to get him, or do you reach in the first round to get him? That'd be my first question for Kevin Colbert. Is how are you feeling right now? knowing that you 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 should wait until the second round to take Mac Wilson, but he may not be there at pick 52. Now, as far as what position do they target at pick 20 if if those inside linebackers are gone? The easy the easy answer is wide receiver, right? You, you at 20 you stay you stay at wide receiver and you take whoever the whoever your best guy is. For me it would be Hakeem Butler. He I think he's the best wide receiver in this draft. AJ Brown, Nikhil Harry, Kelvin Harmon. I mean the list goes on and on and on. There's so many good wide receivers and one of those guys will certainly be there at 20. So the easiest thing to do is stay there at 20, but then, but the, there's a real question mark around what do you do at inside linebacker if the Devons are gone? And that's why I think the Steelers are so likely to move up in this draft. Fernando on Facebook, is coach Mike Tomlin responsible for all the drama in the locker? I don't think, oh, he, I'm sorry, he keeps going here. I don't know. I cut that question off. I mean, he may not be, he may be responsible, but not guilty at all, but something needs to be done in order to prevent this from continuing to happen. I don't think he's responsible I think he's culpable in some ways. I think he allowed this to happen for too long. Um, I think this team got so focused on winning that they forgot about what Steelers' culture is about, uh, and that allowed they allowed some things to happen that I think they wouldn't have in the past. And I think that's when you go back and watch Mike Tomlin's press conference uh, after the season. I think that is kind of a, a person coming to terms with what he's done in a lot of ways. Right, I think you know the anger that he's showing there. In some ways, is, is inward. Um, I think this organization understands that they let some things get out of control in the name of winning, and it's blown up in their face in a bad way. And I, I hope. Look, 2019 is going to be an interesting year. You know, there's been, there's a lot of people out there who feel like Mike Tomlin should have been fired, and that he wasted the killer B era, and he's wasted the second half of Ben Roethlisberger's career, and all of that. Right, and and he's you know he's he's uh, been unable to build a defense in a city that has been known for great defenses year after year. You know, Mike Tomlin has had his critics throughout the years. 20, 2019 is going to be his year and Ben's year to prove it, right? What have we heard about Mike Tomlin? All, all the things I said. What have we heard about Ben Roethlisberger? He's a bad leader and that, you know, there was a whole that stuff about how he's being carried by Antonio Brown and by Le'Veon. It's a prove it year for both of those guys. And that's why, you know, I talk about narrative a lot, and I really like the narrative of sports. I love the narrative of this, of these two guys. Maybe they are both in the twilight of their careers, as far as Ben going to retire soon, and Mike Tomlin could be out in Pittsburgh here in a couple years if if this team doesn't turn it around in 2019. I just love the narrative of that. I love the idea that these guys have to go out there and prove it on the field without Le'Veon Bell, without Antonio Brown, and, and prove that those guys weren't the reason why this team was successful. Um, it's going to be really interesting in 2019. Fred on Facebook, if Bell had signed the 2018 offer, what would have been the Steelers' options 
to stay under the 2019 salary cap? Actually, that's a really good question. What would they have done? Because they would have had to pay Le'Veon, what would it have been? $17 million this year, something like that? That they were they they so front loaded that contract that yeah, they would have had some problems. Um now they could have moved money around, and they always do this, right? What what ends up happening is yeah, it would have just meant that they couldn't get they would have never signed Steven Nelson, right? They would have never signed uh Dante Moncrief. So those those come off the board. Guys like uh, Anthony Ciccolo to a two-year, $8 million deal. See ya. Bud Dupree and his $9.2 million, they just wouldn't be able to keep it. Um, or maybe they'd try to figure something out there. But I I don't know. They'd probably have to let Bud go. The you know, the Xavier Grimble, $2 million bucks. They probably couldn't do that either. They, they would have, certainly have some salary cap problems this year. And they would be letting people go that I don't think they wanted to let go. They Like I said, they, they dodged a bullet by not giving him that contract because they ended up finding, we ended up finding out that running back really doesn't matter. I mean, that's a, you know, talent-wise, you can find real value all over the place. I mean, and every team's doing it. And the Steelers just happened to find James Conner uh, as being that guy, the replacement for Le'Veon Bell. Harry on Facebook writes in, I see a lot of mock drafts with, high, with a high safety pick. It seems like this is due to fan frustration with the Edmonds pick. Are the Steelers management looking to upgrade at safety or just add depth? If upgrade, which starter is likely to be replaced? I can't see replacing last year's number one pick. Yeah, you're right. Oh, then he says, is Sean Davis seen as a long-term solution? If the Steelers are going to take a safety, especially highly picked safety, first of all, it's going to have to be a versatile player. You know, safeties are being asked in the in the modern game to not just play one role, right? Or in, in the box safety or a free safety and that kind of thing. Mean, these, these are players that you generally want can play all over the field, including they can play some nickel, they can play some man. I mean, you, you want a safety that can do it all. I think that's where the frustration with Edmonds came in is that he can't do it all. And he's very limited, especially early on in his career. Uh, I think the Steelers would want, you know, if you're going to upgrade anything, you're going to upgrade over Sean Davis. Uh, because he has, as a free safety, you know, he's new to the position. It's not what the Steelers drafted him to be. He's moved around all his entire career, never really stuck in a spot. He wasn't bad as the free safety last year. But when we talk about this team and how much they struggled at getting turnovers, I think Sean Davis was a big part of that. He just, just doesn't have the elite ball skills that you want from your free safety, um, and, and that caused some problems. As you saw, you know, you look at that LA Chargers game as your prime example of that. Now, it's not to say it's a, it's a dire need. You certainly can go into 2019, and people have wrote in to tell me before. I, I've been a big proponent of upgrading over Sean Davis in the secondary, but people have written in to me, you know, many times, hey, you know, you're too early on the Sean Davis thing. Give him a chance. You know, this is only his first year at the, at the position. Give him another chance, see what he can do in year two, and I think the Steelers have that same mindset. Of we're not giving up on Sean Davis one year into his free safety role, and they're going to keep him there. The other player you can talk about is Morgan Burnett as their dime safety, and the Steelers really want to play these three safety looks, and they had a hard time doing that last year because Morgan Burnett couldn't stay on the field. Now, can they develop Marcus Allen year two into a spot where he can be that guy? Potentially, look, Morgan Burnett is still on the roster, even though he publicly asked to be released, and I think the Steelers you know, probably should move on from him. Uh, they haven't just yet. I think they're going to see, wait, it's going to be a wait-and-see approach and see what they can get in the draft. But the Steelers will likely take a safety in this draft. I don't think they'll take one that highly. I don't think you'll see one taken in the first couple rounds. They have much bigger needs than safety. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess the second, third round pick, you know, one of those third round picks, you you, you might see one because um, you, you take what? You take linebacker in round one, wide receiver in round two, let's say corner in round three. Now your second round three pick, you know, you could easily go safety there. Um, I know a lot of people want to take an edge rusher, but... Well, I think we have a question coming up about Ed Drescher. We'll talk about that here in a second. 
Joseph on Facebook, do you think we'll see any schematic changes to the offense or defense this year? Either to help the offense accommodate the loss of AB or anything at all to help the defense. I think offensively, you're going to see this team run the ball more. I think they kind of have to. I think they'll learn their lesson there. I understand why they wanted to throw the ball more, and it's certainly in vogue in the NFL to throw the ball more on first down. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to have to get away from it because of where they are at wide receiver. You just want to get you want to get Connor more involved in the offense early. He seems to be a rhythm runner, meaning that when he gets going early, it, it pays off in the second half. And when they when they went away from him in, in games where he got you know between ten and, and fifteen carries, he just wasn't as effective as those games where. You know, he got his 20-25 and where they stuck with it into the second half. Um, so they'll probably run the ball a little more. I, I think you could potentially see the Steelers use more two tight end sets. We'll know if the Steelers take a tight end. We talk about taking a wide receiver in this draft. The Steelers can forego taking a wide receiver early to take a tight end early. And then the Steelers, you know, this team could go to a more 12 personnel. You know, we saw the Patriots have a ton of success with that with their eye formation in the playoffs and especially in the Super Bowl. And, you know, kind of kind of zagging when everyone's zigging, right? That kind of thing. Um you know, the NFL is turning into this big passing league, but the Patriots, you know, kind of didn't solve that, but they they countered that with kind of a power running game. We saw the Ravens do the same kind of thing. I, you know, the Steelers, I don't know if the Steelers are going to go that far, but it's something to watch out for. Defensively, uh, we're going to see major schematic changes. I don't think so. I, I think this Keith Butler and the Steelers have had this dream of playing a three-safety look, of having the inside linebacker that can go sideline to sideline. They're going to get all of that this year. If they get Devin Bush... Uh, and, and, you know, whatever they do at safety, whether it's Marcus Allen or Morgan Burnett, I mean, we saw that a year ago. You're going to have year two of Sean Davis and Terrell Edmonds. You know, this is this is the dying days of the Keith Butler defense, and I don't think you're going to see him make any major schematic changes. It's part of the reason why I think they were so willing to bring back Bud Dupree, Anthony Ciccolo, all these players, uh, Daniel McCullers, is because this is the end of the Keith Butler thing, right? The Steelers play out everyone's contract. Keith Butler is at the end of his contract. Let's see how Keith Butler does in his final year, but I don't expect to see any major changes there on defense. I just expect that he's going to be given his you know, his final year to make it happen. Michael on Facebook writes in, what should our first pick be if the top inside linebackers are gone? I think I answered that already, right? I think uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver is the answer there. Should we take a wide receiver? Yes. <laughs> or corner or edge rusher in the first three rounds? I think yes to all three, but I think edge rusher, if I had to pick one of those three that you wouldn't see the Steelers take, in the first three rounds, it would be an edge rusher. Uh, I just don't know that I don't know that the Steelers really value that spot. And when they're paying Anthony Chicolo four million dollars a year, uh, what are you, where is where is this uh, edge rusher going to play? You know, they they want to play Watt, they want to play Bud. You've got Chicolo making four million dollars a year, and then you're going to take an edge rusher in the second round. I get that. You know, it's it's a prove it year for Bud, and you need someone for the future. Um, but why did you sign Chicolo? I mean, maybe. Well, oh God, I just thought about this. What if what if the signing of Chicolo for two two years, four million a year, is because they think Chicolo can take over for Bud after this year? I don't even want to think that. Um, but I know if I had to guess out of those three, I would say edge rusher, no, but wide receiver and corner, definitely yes in the first three rounds. Joseph on Facebook writes in, it may not be may not be our biggest need, but should we uh, should we prioritize edge in the draft because there isn't a lot of depth in the draft? He says. Uh, I, I mean. Okay. <laughs> Will they and, and should they are two different questions. Should they? Yes. The Steelers should absolutely be addressing edge, especially in this draft where it's so good. And by the way, there is a lot of depth in the draft. I mean, this is a, well, okay, you're right. Okay, depth depth versus, there's a lot of top tier talent in this draft. They're going to be taken uh, highly as far as the edge rush position. I think in the first couple rounds, you can find some good talent there. 
you know, Chase Vinovich is a guy who the Steelers seem to be enamored with. They met with him at his pro day at Michigan. Also, they met with Devin Bush. I don't get, don't get too excited. Devin Bush is, is, uh, is certainly on the Steelers' radar. Um, but, yeah, I think the Steelers should should prioritize it. I don't know that they will. Again, I think they're fine with Bud, uh, and I think they're fine with, with Chicolo. They got Ola Dini behind that. You know, they were fine with going with that with those guys last year and Keon Adams on the practice squad. Um, I don't know. I hope the Steelers prioritize it, though. Last question. Leo on Facebook writes in, what happened with Matthew Thomas? Young and had a terrific preseason, then nothing and released. Is that the end of the story? Wasn't released. He actually signed with the Baltimore Ravens. So um, he was on a one-year deal because he's an unrestricted, or he was an undrafted free agent. So he's on a one-year deal. Uh, the Steelers tried to bring him back for another year. I think he was unhappy because, look, he made the 53, and then he ended up getting cut midseason so that the Steelers could make some roster moves there. Uh, I think it was with, with the Eli, I want to say it was with the Eli Rogers roster move. One of the roster moves they made midseason, they had to cut Matthew Thomas to make room. And that, I don't think that, I don't think that sat well with Matthew Thomas, and that's why he felt like he had to go to a different organization. Now, he just happens to be the Baltimore Ravens, which... Um, that sucks because, first of all, they just lost C.J. Mosley, so they're going to need a good inside linebacker. And if Matthew Thomas continues showing the same promise he did in the preseason last year, he's going to get some time with the Ravens, and it's going to suck watching him in a Ravens jersey, no doubt about it. Um, you know, was he ever going to develop into what the Steelers needed him to? No. And it wouldn't have stopped the Steelers from taking a Devin Bush in this year's draft anyway. So, uh, you know, you would it would have been nice to have Matthew Thomas around the organization. It's too bad they couldn't bring him back, but it was his choice. Not the Steelers' choice to not come back. All right, that's it. We got through it. That was where, uh, Those were your questions you wrote in. Keep writing them in, by the way. Again, if we keep getting more questions, I'll just do another mailbag later in the week. But that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com, the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked on Steelers.